everybody, and welcome back. It's Play Games Lose Friends. I'm Ryan here with Ken. It is Sunday, March 26, 2023, and the the little birdies of spring are coming aboard. I spent most of the weekend outside. Well, at least half the weekend outside. Today was nice. Yesterday was shit. But welcome <laughs> back. Hi, Ken. How's it going? Hello, buddy. Episode 30. We're chugging along, chugging along. Can we get to, what did we do, 24 last year, 25 last year? Can we get to the same amount? Well, we're going to have to hurry because <laughs> we're a little behind. <laughs> we are a little behind, but, but we'll get there. We'll have we're definitely have a so good much. season. Yeah, we'll have a good yeah. season. It's early. So it's early. To yeah. talk about. <laughs> we planned a whole game day in April, so there's oh. going to be plenty of new stuff played there. I know we were working on the list already, and uh, there's just a lot. There's going to be a lot of games played. It's going to be good. And some new stuff arriving throughout the year, too, that we'll get to try. So, And some old favorites. We got to play a, a new one as a group this past game night, War of the Ring, the card game, which we'll talk about a little bit in our played section. Uh, but before we get there, you got any uh, any shout-outs, intros, the, the usual? Yes, I think we have to talk about our friends at D-Gen Sports Cards. Woo! They have all your favorite sports and trading cards, memorabilia, and supplies at literally the best prices ever. So you can find them online at dgnsportscards.com. I've been trying to get out myself. There's a, a little pile of loot building up uh, in Pokemon for me. Um, and i uh probably going to pick up some, some baseball card stuff for my nephew. He's getting into baseball cards. So I said I get would never get anything – yeah, I would never buy anywhere else <laughs> unless it was a dire emergency that I needed to open packs. <laughs> so uh, I'll be trying to get out there hopefully um, sometime soon. So that's DGN Sports Cards, DGNSportsCards.com. I think we'll have a promo soon. I've been kicking it around trying to get that idea floating around. So hopefully yeah. we'll be able to offer we our listeners uh, a little discount soon. So we'll get that going. We got to get a. Uh, we got to get Rob to do a voiceover for an ad too that we can just plug into these episodes. <laughs> so we don't have to do the plugs. Come on, Rob. I need you could just like uh, gutturally scream it. I don't care what it is. Just or, make or, it happen. Or sing it in the voice of the Kill Switch Engage singer, <laughs> which would be nice. I like it. Um, and then the last one here, our buddies over at the Drunk and Disordered Podcast, the Kings of War Podcast. They break down the uh, Mid Atlantic tournament scene going into masters this year um so uh, i guess they're they're on a little break probably um but again if you like kings of war or tabletop games and you're interested in maybe what kings of war has to offer check them out drunk and disordered that, drunk that's and it for our, definitely definitely one of the d's <laughs> yes there could be another d in there somewhere too <laughs> Definitely, a, definitely a couple more D's. <laughs> All uh, right. Uh, we're going to skip the beer review for this evening. Uh, I had mine earlier, and I know yeah. you're not having anything at the I'm moment. On a deep, so let's, I'm on uh, a cleanse at the moment. <laughs> I, had, I, hit, I hit the case hard this week. I had uh, hours outside. We're getting our garden ready, and I had my neighbor come by with his Kubota. My God, having neighbors with real machinery makes such a difference. But after we were done, I was like, I, I need a beer because <laughs> I just – I needed one. And I sat down and sucked one down. I was like, that's it. I'll go back out and work more. <laughs> and then it yeah, was time. I, uh, so. There's at my lunch, story. At lunch on Friday, I ran to the beer distributor 
and uh, uh, I got uh, their founders put out a new mix case. So there was uh, four Ooh, different nice. beers, uh, three each, so twelve pack. Uh, the all day. Uh, the one was a red IPA. They did a new hazy, and then they did a. I think it was a New England from Founders, which I, they haven't done that before. So there was like two or three new uh, beers in that uh, twelve pack. Ryan, I had it killed yesterday. It was done yesterday. Uh, in two days, I killed that twelve pack. It was bad. So, or it was good. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I was gonna say <laughs> it's great, except for that's not great. Yeah. So, oh, I got that new keg, and I'm just like, oh, this tastes so good. I just want to keep drinking this, but it's eight percent. So it's like, well, there's limits to the human yeah. body. I should not push them as I get further into my forties here. But yeah, we digress. Uh, all right, so we're gonna chat tonight about. Our top five intro games. So we, we talk a lot about, you know, some of the fun stuff that we play and we get, we kind of play, you know, some, some of our listeners have commented about this, just a huge range of stuff, right? Like we jump into something as complex as, oh, I don't know, like Oath. And then we follow it up with like War Chest or Cockroach Poker or, you know, um, Wingspan or, or even Hark like some of Phil Hawker's, Phil Walker Harding's games, you know. They're not really heavy by any stretch. No, it's just the range of what we play is so big. And I think both of us sometimes have opportunities to introduce new people to the hobby that we love so much. And I know that a lot of listeners get the chance to do the same thing. And so we're going to give our, our sort of top five, uh, I was calling them gotcha games, the things that you can bring along or introduce somebody to that really will hope, you know, inspire them to start playing more board games, the the types of games that will pull them into the hobby. Uh, so we're going to go down that list. We got five each, and then we're going to, uh, <clears throat> we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Draftosaurus, a very popular, I don't know, how old is Draftosaurus now? Uh, it's been around for a while. Um, it's had two expansions, yeah. uh, probably what, six years, something like that, maybe? Yeah, it's been quite some time. Uh, just sticking with the theme of sort of our entry games, this is one of those games that's kind of perfect. And I, I don't think it made your list, and it didn't make my list, but it's close. But it's another example of that. So we're going to review that. <laughs> actually, it came out in 2019, so it was newer than we thought. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, so what, three years? Is that how math works? Yeah, four years. Okay. You're bad at math. Yeah. Math, and yep, four. So three, geography. 13 minus nine is four, yep. Also Euros. Uh, you want me to keep going or should we stop there? <laughs> You're the worst. All right. Let's, let's, uh, let's talk about what we played. We got a game night in and uh, we finally got to play War of the Ring, the card game, which I picked up a while back and I've been dying to play at four players. We got a little intro game uh, not all that long ago, but we got like 40, 45 minutes of gameplay in it. Yeah. So we got a full playthrough uh, of War of the Ring. And the way it works is if you're playing what they call the full trilogy, so like basically all three books or movies, whatever you want to judge it by, uh, four players play. They divide up the free peoples and the shadow in sort of in half. So like you had – what did you have? You had I had hobbits, dwarves, dwarves, hobbits, dwarves, wizards. Wizards and the Rohirrim, right? And whatever the Rohan riders were. Yeah, the Rohirrim. Like, 
elf people. No, they're not elves, right? They're just they're no. just human, right? Rohan is human. Yeah, they're just they're yeah. just horsemen's. Yeah, so hobbitses, centaurs wizards. without the lower half. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So hobbits, wizards, dwarves, and um, Rohirrim humans. Yep. Yeah, and I had uh, I had the elves and the Dunedain, and then Joe had uh, monstrous Isengard and Southron, and then Brad had all of Mordor. Right. Yes. I think that's how it works. Uh, so you split up into teams. So you and I versus those two, which made me laugh because every time we play anything together, yeah, it always ends up you and I. Especially card games, we just seem to win. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily because we're better players. It just seems to work out that way. Usually, Joe wins most games that aren't team based. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know how to say that, but uh, I, I I enjoyed it, and I'm very curious to hear what you thought. So let's uh, let's. Let's listen to Ken wax philosophic about War of the Ring, the card game. Shh, quiet, everyone. Well, um, I, I liked – there was a lot that I liked about the game. Um, and what I did find a little disappointing was the fact that I didn't play the last round. And not because, I guess, I didn't want to play, but I – Literally could not play um, because of some of the mechanics of the game and some of the previous battles that I'd won. And although I didn't get to participate in sort of the, the final epic battles, I also felt like, well, if I didn't do what I did earlier on in the games to allow myself to not play the final round, we would have lost the whole game. Does that yeah. make sense? Oh, yeah. So it, makes it sense. was like. So it was like, even though it felt bad from from like an individual player perspective, from the team dynamic and the way the game is built, it still allowed us to come away victorious. So I guess I can't be too mad, but it just felt so unfulfilling that last round, for me anyway, personally. And I don't know if you felt like that sort of a couple rounds in, because if I remember correctly, there were rounds where, you know, I was sort of the major factor in some of it. And then you had a couple little things here and there, but I don't know that, that, that weird mechanic of this game. And, um, I, I don't know. I don't know what I, it's, it's not, it's not the merge mechanic of Ankh, right? Where that is just (laughs) whatever. But like this, this just has me scratching my head more and thinking about it in more detail. Um, just because it's such, I, I, again, I've, other than games where like the whole game is based on player elimination, I've never really yeah. played a game quite like this where I was like, okay, I've played for eight rounds, like so hard, so strategic. And then I draw my hand of cards going into nine and just realize I can't do anything. Um, or I, maybe I played a card, like one card or two cards out and then I was done, right? Um, I think but, there's, but going there's through the, a, sorry. No, go ahead. No, but again, hindsight with this game is always going to be 2020, right? Even though, like I said, we still pulled out the win. Um, like 
there were certain cards I probably shouldn't have got rid of. Like, like, um, what is it? Forsaken? Like, you've forsaken certain cards. Yes. Uh, which removes them from the game. Um, so there was a lot of cards that got forsaken or they died, uh, in a, in a combat that maybe they didn't need to die in. And if I was a little bit more understanding of some of the card play and what was, what I had, what I didn't have, I think you really need to almost like count cars in this game, um, in a weird way. And, and it's hard to remember all that. Cause it's a pretty, it's a pretty decent sized deck of cards that you get. Yeah. Um, but, but I thought it was, I thought it was an okay experience. Um, I guess thematically they're so close on this one. Like it's pretty damn close the way the factions play out. Yeah. Um, but then there's just something, I don't know. There's just something, the mechanics of killing and cycling cards is tough for me. That's real tough. I would almost like, like losing to, them per- permanently. You mean? Yeah. Just, yeah. 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 Like that's, that's strong. I, I don't know what else, to, I don't know what <laughs> the adjective to use. It's just such a, it's like a bold move, you know? Like, I don't know. Yeah. You're committing, you're committing yeah. hard to something. And like, it, if it doesn't work out, it feels bad. And, and then I guess thematically that plays into the game, like, and into the films and into the books. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of the intent in some respects. Like you, you have these heroes that are just, you know, the most powerful, like Strider, Aragorn, Gandalf, Saruman, and, and some of the Nazgul, and it's like they're they can swing things so heavily, but like you can't swing everything. They weren't everywhere all at once in the stories. Yeah, so. yeah. No, I, I share some of the same opinions. There is a weird sort of expected expected downtime during the game where if the path and locations don't sync up with the factions that you're playing. There's a good chance you literally can't do anything that round. And I think that's kind of intentional in some respects and also maybe a little, a little bit of us not necessarily, um, knowing how to play the game yet. Like the way I look at it is generally the rounds that you weren't act or I wasn't active and you were, I had the options of sort of like playing stuff to reserve and building up what I had available to me later on in the rounds where if I just like played cards and cycled the cards, I either don't see them again because it's going to be a while till I reshuffle. Or like you said, you run into the situation where they may end up being gone and you yeah. don't get them back. And there are probably some good cards that both of us lost in that respect that we didn't need to. Like I committed stuff to a combat early on at a battleground that I just didn't need to. And I lost it. And then that battleground that they were more effective at came up later in the game and I'm like, well shit, now I don't have this and I can't get it back. Yeah. So <clears throat> well even like you know, for me, I feel like there were only two times in nine times that a Rohan location came up. And it's yeah. like I had all my Rohan cards in the beginning. So I got it was almost like a you know, pick your battle or your hill to die on, so to speak, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know if a Rohan location is going to come up or not. So it's like you're, you, you gamble that now is the time to send in the riders, you know, um, or, or that pygmy, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know um, what that is. That was so weird. That creeped me Apparently out. Apparently, I need to read the book again because I don't remember that that dude what? at all. I don't know what he has to do with Rohan. He looks. I don't of, remember. It's just uh, whatever. Sorry, I got off topic. No, I, I had the same thing with elves. <laughs> there were quite yeah. a few battlegrounds. Well, yeah, I the blues, right? The blue do- guys. Uh, no, blue was the the Dunedain, and though they actually had more impact, I think, than the elves did that okay. game. And maybe it's just because of the locations we saw, like some of the path cards and some yeah. of the, the actual battlegrounds. I know that, like, I think for each side, maybe two or three were left for each side. I can't remember, but <clears throat> we didn't really get to play all of them, so maybe it was yeah. just like circumstantial that we didn't see them all. But I agree with you. I think there were. I want to play it again because I don't feel – I feel like we learned and didn't play it optimally across all of us. If I, th- I think if we tried it again, it would be better. But I'm a little worried about that – Uh, I don't know. Like not being able to do anything in a round just feels kind of shitty. And if it the only thing you can really do is like, all right, well, I'm going to set up for the next round where I'm more effective. Maybe we just need to learn how to play that portion of it better because that could be a part of it that we just didn't really see or miss. yeah i don't know yeah and well and that's the that's sort of the one ding i sort of give this game is i yeah. don't know how many times you would play this like you could, yeah I, I mean yeah you could I, switch up factions switch in players switch out players switch teams but like I and, I and I'm not. Oh, I hear you. I, I kind of, I kind of agree. Like I'm, I'm, torn I'm thinking on it. about like the tabletop version is is like a map, dudes on a map kind of thing, and, and I don't know how much different. I've never played it, and I would love to someday, but I know it's kind of hard to find sometimes. Yeah. I would love to try that and just kind of see the similarities because this feels like the story of the War of the Ring is something we all know very, very well. Oh, like absolutely. Being long time nerds <laughs> it's like part of our <laughs> our bible as as nerds but uh i don't know from a gaming standpoint how interesting it continues to be i think i could play this a bunch of times and be happy but like i feel like around 10 or 12 that like i don't i don't know if i would want to keep playing it and and i don't know if it's because it's kind of predictable in a way i know they're going to make expansions which may help but I think yeah, the base but, game kind of has a shelf life, which is unusual. Yeah. I wouldn't have expected that, I guess. Or maybe I should have. I don't know. But you're, you make yeah. a good point. Yeah, I don't – like I said, I don't know. I mean, I could, I could – you know, I played the the Nazgul for our 45-minute learn game. And then yeah. I played the Hobbitses, which I, I loved. That was awesome. Like, I thought they were great. And first the Hobbitses. <laughs> and knowing who the wizards were. Um, I would have changed my strategy moving forward again. So I definitely want to try the Hobbits again. Like, but like, would I play they the Hobbits fun. a third time? Yeah. Like, like all that cycling where, where like you, they die, but they don't yeah. die. They seem like yeah. tricky. Yeah. They I, actually I, seem hard to play in a way too. Like kind of knowing when to go in and when to commit and not with them a little bit seemed tricky, but I don't know. Well, and well, it's situational too. Like, so for like, for yeah. example, the trees, like, um, so number one, uh, each, each tree was a wizard, right? But then I don't know if there was like, like one generic wizard item and then most of the other wizard items were all Gandalf based. And then they were only useful 
if a specific location came up. However, if those locate, I, I, it was a balance between do I play them on the path on turn five or turn six because that's the only time they can get to the path, or do I wait for these locations to show up? And I guess it, I think the game gives you a shot at those locations coming up around five and six, but it was tough. It was real tough to determine when to use those guys and not use them, which was tricky. Which, yeah, I think that's a big part of the game. And I don't know if that's every faction has that level of sort of gamble. I definitely mechanic. did. Like, like I did with the elves because there are enough battlegrounds and paths where like Elrond and Galadriel could play into the and even Arwen into the you know the actual battlegrounds for elves. Um, but the the path stuff was like just so important for us from scoring. Yeah. It just felt wise to hold back, and I did in some cases until the end where I just couldn't and. You know, even even then, I still lost that battleground because the two of them were just like they needed to win it. So yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of choices to be made. I think between the the division of where you put things, there's a lot of choices to be made as to what you said earlier, which is, hey, I might actually lose this, and I'm not going to see it again. And there's a lot of choices of like, all right, well, I have this tree that you know, this ent that I'll be able to play at some point to like or thank and. Maybe not. So I do a discard it now because I need to cycle a card. Or there's just a yeah. lot of that, which I think is most of the game. That's the mechanics are just like when do I do this and can I do this? Yeah, it's but like, I do think the downtime. It's like choices, is choices on choices on choices. Yeah, which and I like normally. Point. No, yeah, I, and I was just about to say like I love choices in a game, but was this too many or too much? Of a good thing, <laughs> right? Like, to the yeah, point I don't where, know. But we need more plays. I, th- I yeah, think I want to play it again with the same group and, and just yeah. kind of see how it goes. Maybe keep the same faction so that we're we've got some familiarity with the cards and just see how people play it differently. I'd be, I would be very yeah. interested to see how at least the two of us play it differently. But I think I'm almost certain Brad would have played different. I think he realized it. You know, halfway through the game, like oh, well, because he could have been is- hitting us with those paths the whole time, like yeah. send, even even just sending one Nazgul or two <clears throat> to a path. Because um, I think that some of them have the same Hobbit thing where they kept coming back. If I'm not mistaken, yep. some so, of them did, and he had items yeah. that could help. And yeah, I think he would have played it. I, I think he saw the game like halfway through and was like, "Yeah, I should have played this differently." So I'd love to see him try again too. But yeah, it was uh, worth trying. We'll have to play yeah. some more. Uh, you know, first impressions are I don't know yet. I can't give it a, a, an impression until I really play a couple times with truly understanding the game. And then I think it's going to be better. But I do like some of the like crescendo moments that happen with the battles. It reminds yeah. me a little bit of Munchkin in a weird way <laughs> where you're just <laughs> like playing all your best shit at a location to win. Yeah. Um, but there's one thing I, I was kind of surprised about was that just the – like you mentioned, some downtime. Like there's some factions that just don't get to play some rounds, and it's kind of weird. Um, and you're just supposed to, I guess, set yourself up. But maybe we just need to play more. So we'll we'll give it another shot. So that was War of the Ring, the card game. Very excited to finally try it. And uh, T- TBD. We'll see how that ends up. I'm not so sure that's going to stick around the collection if I can't uh, 
find more joy from it because I enjoyed it, but not enough that I was like, wow, I can't wait to do that again. Yes. It so, didn't give me the, I got to get it back to the table vibe. Yeah. No, no gamer boners. We didn't get any gamer <laughs> boners. All right. Uh, let's jump into our played list. So why don't, why don't you well, go why don't first? We, well, let's we basically keep... played everything together. Well, uh, I have one that I have one that we didn't, which I, I shared in, in our group chat, but I think let's yep. talk about Arboretum, right? Which was our, how we rounded out game night, right? Um, you just want to we've, we've compliment me on my stomping or uh, did you win? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, it well, is my number have, one game of all time. So I have come to the realization that I don't know how to play Arboretum. <laughs> um, so, um, <laughs> cause I'll be honest with you. Uh, I was looking at certain players, not naming names and I'm like, I don't think they know how to play this game. And then when the cards at the end get flipped over and we score and I ha- I'm in dead last with like what what I have six points or something you like that. nine points. Like I'm like I definitely am doing something wrong here. <laughs> so I want to play more Arboretum because I feel like I need to somehow uh well how do I put this? So, um, the, the card play and tableau building in Arboretum, I can't undo like that piece of my brain that wants to build the perfect pathway of trees. Yeah. All but, the same species. Yes. But yeah, in this game, I feel like that is not the call. You do it as best you can. But that is not the call. And where the call You're is, right. is that weird crossword puzzle, hodgepodge, just sloppy tableau mess is my thing. That's thinking. right. It's, <laughs> so, it's that I, and it's improvisation <laughs> based off what you have available to you. That is the whole yeah. game. And then the hand man. So, the problem with it is that. Well, hand management is important too, but I get it. Yeah, like, that's what gets you. But, like, I can't turn that piece of my brain off that wants the perfect tableau. Because, <laughs> like, I, I love tableau building games. You know that. Like, I, that's one of my favorite mechanics. And, uh, but, yeah, I'm just, I realize I'm just not good at that game. <laughs> Which I, is okay. I think, I, think I can see you do that when we play. And I, some other, you know, you, sometimes you get the right hand for it. Sometimes the right cards are out. Well, yeah. I can actually do it. But the it has won me it, games before, right? Where I've yeah. gotten like all the, you know, the dogwood and then the dogwood scores 12 and then I'm holding the rest of the points back like so that yep. I can score like – and I've done it like multiple times. Like it's happened but like that's not – that shouldn't be my go-to I guess. If it yeah. happens, it happens but – so I have to change my thinking. I think Sorry, I, just I just open – no, it's it's good. I, I I'm getting tired of kicking your ass. No, uh, I think you you have to open that game with a certain eye for what's achievable with the hands your or the hand you're dealt, and as well as yeah. hunting down seven eights and ones. If you can get seven eights and ones, you should get them early on because they basically set up what you're going to be able to do throughout the game. Like I, yeah. I ended up with a seven and eight of Oaks in my hand at one point, And then I ended up picking up the two that somebody put down and I'm like, all right, well I have my, this is my strategy for this particular game. 
And you just have to be able to improvise around that strategy yeah. as the game goes on. Otherwise, you're never going to be able to make the perfect Arboretum unless you just get fortunate with the cards. And it does happen. Like, you've won games doing that. I've seen you do it. I've done yeah. it. Brad and Joe have done it. Like, it's possible. But it's just yeah. – if you're relying on that, it's – I don't know. It's almost like playing poker and, and the river yeah. is – you're always waiting for the river to drop and it never does. Or that Marvel Snap game where, like, turn six, you really need that power yeah. drop and it doesn't happen. So Well, th but that's – I was just about to tell you, like, that's my problem with Marvel <laughs> Snap. That's the same issue. It's the same issue why I can't um, play better at Marvel Snap. I can't get that out of my brain. I'm getting there, but, like, it takes me too long to, to yeah. figure out a deck, all of its nuance, you know? You have the problem I have with that game, which is I don't like to concede and that is a huge <laughs> part of that game. I do not like to say you win. I just yeah. can't like in, in my nature, it is so hard for me to do that. And yet to get infinite in that game, you have to be willing to concede like 30 to 40% of your games. Yeah. And it's just, it's so hard to just press that button and be like, fine, yeah. you win. When I, maybe the next card I draw would win me the game, but you don't like, you're just playing odds. You're playing odds. That's all it is. And yeah. Arboretum is yeah. very similar. No, I know. And that's, I'm, I'm, that's not my style that I don't, I, I have to, I have to get better at that style. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to just be like, yeah, I lost <laughs> next game, but like snap, it's easy. Arboretum, it's not. And then Arboretum adds the hand management portion, which yeah, really no, is I get it. at the end of the day, it is the, that's whole the game. game. Well, I think that and your, your comment about sort of the crosswordy nature of how you lay it out. Those two things are the game. So, yeah, no, it's, it's why I love this game. It is so <laughs> elegant and so well designed and so tight in such a small deck of cards with trees and so goddamn mean. And I was looking up the designer. Liz is like, who's the designer of that game? It's one, a dude that made three games total. He made three games ever. And one okay. of those games is like an absolute masterpiece. And that's Arboretum. I, I it blows my mind that this guy only right, made three I games. I gotta look. Hold on. You just you you riff. I'll... <laughs> no, I, I I can't remember his name. Now. And that was and 2015. It was uh, Dan Kassar. Dan Dan Kassar. All right. Dan did Blood of an Englishman, Arboretum, and Caveman: The Quest for Fire. However, right. So. This dude, okay, I, and uh, Dan, if you're listening, I don't know how that's possible, but if you are, I tip my hat to you. I'm not knocking you for only making three games. I'm praising you for making my favorite game ever. I don't know how you so, make Arboretum and then just sort of like, well, I'm done, <laughs> going off into the sunset. Well, to, uh, you know, I've I have heard people really give um, the blood of an Englishman high praise. Yeah, um, I, I'm not saying the other games aren't amazing, but just no, no, no. I know. Is so so good and so approachable. So Arboretum's a seven point three. Uh, Caveman is a six point three, and Blood is a six point six. Now, clearly, we we're a little bit heavier on Arboretum, but like, I'm wondering if we would be heavier on the Blood of an Englishman. I would play anything this guy made. Dan, um, you have me. I will play anything you want. Uh, so this is <laughs> so blood of an Englishman. 
is a two-player Jack and the Beanstalk game. I don't know. We'll have to check his stuff out. Yeah. All right. Sorry. This shouldn't be a no, Dan no, Kassar night, but <laughs> maybe <laughs> we can get Dan Kassar. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and get Dan Kassar yeah. on now. God yeah, damn let's it. hit him up. Let's. That's <laughs> it. I'm gonna hunt Dan Kassar down wherever he is. Made See. enough money from our read and just go buy an island. So he's on Kassar <laughs> Island, and we will sail to Kassar Island and yeah. get he's his- sharpening his knives for his yeah. trees. <laughs> Out of trees, yes. Every tree is just a sharpened knife. Uh, all right. What else? What else did you want to cover from the uh, the played um, standpoint? So the only other one I just wanted to mention here was um, I, I talked about it, I believe, last year when it came in, and this was a game I backed on Kickstarter. I got the Uber Mega uh, way too fancy and cool you for know. no reason. Uh, edition of tournament fishing. Um, and I know we joked about it with the group about playing it. So, uh, I wanted to bust it out, learn the mechanics, learn the, the, you know, the way the game's played. And I, I'm a little excited to see how we do, um, at game day. Uh, cause it seems like everyone is also very interested in this. Um, I, <laughs> we just talked about sort of the, the issue where maybe you don't have a good, you know, round one time, right? But you may not be out of it. Now, what's amazing about that is that's freaking fishing. So it's almost thematic. Like if you can't bring a fish <laughs> in every turn, it's like, ah, oh, well, that's fishing, right? But like, so it sort of adds to the theme of this game because I've, I've went around a couple turns. Uh, and there were turns that I was able to land a fish. There were turns where I wasn't. Um, but, uh, it's, uh, this is going to be an interesting game. Um, I think it's going to be also a very long game. So just wanted to put that out there. Uh, it plays, I think, 13 rounds. So, um, now it can go pretty fast. Um, and there's maybe a bit more memory. To this game that I liked that I, and I'm a big memory. Like I'm pretty good at memorization, but this game, maybe I'll be better at it on game day, but this is tough. There's a lot of memory on this one more than I think there needs to be, but, but it'll be neat to see what everyone thinks. So I'm, uh, again, I'm looking forward to, to trying it with more players, but, uh, you know, a real game, so to speak, as opposed to just a demo to understand it and figure it out. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm very interested in this one. <laughs> it definitely, uh, it's very thematic. Uh, it's unique take on, on deck building. Um, I, I just, I'm liking a lot of the things I, again, I think it's just more, it might just be come down to a length and a luck thing or not a luck, a length and a memory thing, but we'll see. I'd, I'd be curious your thoughts. So a sneak peek towards game day. Yeah, I'm excited to try it. I've, I've requested that you bring it, and I know some of the other guys want to try it too. So it's not often you get to play a game about fishing. That alone, just the theme's interesting to me. So yeah, hopefully it's it's good. Um, my and that was the only other one that I think is outside of the games you and I've played uh, collectively together. Yeah, so our our list was. War of the Ring, Arboretum, Cockroach Poker, we played Delt, we played Rise or Fall, and we played Mirroring. I, I want to touch quick on two of them. Um, okay. Delt, 
I really liked that. That was fun. <laughs> uh, great game. I, I fell in love with Delt. That was, um, so that's my wife's cousin, uh, and his wife. They, they try to find games that simple card games that they could teach, uh, my wife's aunt or his mother okay. because, uh, she's a, she's a rummy cube. She's skibbo, um, phase 10. And those games get real old real fast. So yeah. I call those retirement lo- home games. Yeah. Yes. So, but we taught her point salad. Um, we taught her some of the other ones we're going to be talking about here in a bit. Um, but, um, but they bought Delt and they taught us Delt, uh, when I we were there a couple weekends ago. And I'm like, we need to own this game. My son loves <laughs> Delt. Um, like it's good. It's, it's so it's good for good. what it it's is. It's a little mean like, too. Yeah. 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 I well, like I mean, if you, th- if you think about the college drinking games, uh, this exactly. sets you, this puts you right back into that. And the last thing you wanted to do was, you know, be the a-hole or, you know, be, get caught bullshitting. So, um, so yeah, Delta's, I loved it. I loved it. I, 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 it was interesting how it takes some people a little bit to pick it up, but once you get it, I think it, it really sings and you can see the beauty of it. Yeah. I'm a fan of the games that do the one loser, all everyone else is a winner type approach <laughs> yeah. to things too. Yeah. Because. It's, it creates a different dynamic than everyone sort of competing against each other. It's more of a, everybody's just, out to just to survive. And <laughs> yeah. so you pull, you see people play a little differently. There's less kind of straight up targeting it sometimes, although later in the game, you do see a little bit out of it, but it's, it's just really well done and it's fun. And it, I, there aren't a two, you know, you've seen Scout a lot in the news, the game news over the last, yeah. you know, six months, um, which kind of, I has don't want to check it out. But- yeah. Yeah. And well, it was hard to get for a while. So, yeah, but it's kind of got that same hand management style where your, your hand is what you get. And you're not allowed to kind of move, re- reorder your cards. Oh, your I hand. didn't know so that. Okay. I believe that, I believe that's scout, but I okay. think there's others that do that too, but I don't know. I just thought it well, was very doubt good. Was the, doubt was the first one I've ever played where like, however you pick up your cards, that's how you keep them. Yeah, me too. I haven't played a game like that before yeah. and I, I really enjoyed that, but I, I do think the, the other sort of life mechanic that you have is, is cool with that. So I don't know. It was good for, what was that? 10 bucks, 15 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. It was cheap. That's a good deal for a game like that. Um, the other one I wanted to cover quick was we got, finally we got to play the mirroring of Mary King together. <laughs> yes. I've been wanting yes, to do did. this for quite some time, uh, with you. Well, and- since what we last year, we heard about it. You played Jim. Um, yep. and then we bought the game. What? Two months ago when it came out in January? Yeah. Was it January? Yep. yep. Yeah, we picked it up when we were at uh, Games Keep, and we just never got a chance to play it. So we finally got to play it. I was excited. I'm like, oh, man, this should be good. You know, Ken's generally good at card games, and this has a little bit of that, you know, spatial puzzle. It's kind of good at that stuff, too, so it should be a good challenge. In that game, you can win two ways. You can either flip over every single tile of Mary Kay, as you call her, but I'm going to say Mary King. <laughs> Mary and King. if you get, if you get all the, if you're the human player, you get all the human tiles flipped, you win. Or if you're the ghost player, you get all the ghost tiles flipped, you win. The other way is by points. And I remember Jim telling me, like, it was a pretty small faction of, or small fraction of total, uh, wins came from having all the tiles flipped over. It was generally fairly hard to do because, 
the control cards, even though you can orient them differently, it, it's fairly tough to just make that happen in the course of a five-day game, especially with a lot of the push and pull that, that happens between the two players. Well, wouldn't it work out that you got the card sets to basically, what was it, day two, you got yeah, the ghost Sorry. flipped over and beat me. And I was like, man, I wanted more game out of this. Because <laughs> we waited so long to play, and I'm like, it's it's rare that we get two-player time to play. And so we finally took it, and, and it just ended so anticlimactically. But I, I was curious what you thought of the game. Um, definitely. I want to play it more. Uh, just, I mean, that was my first time playing. Um, I want to, I want to teach it to my wife. I think she'll dig it. Um, unless that happens to her too many times, what happened to you? Uh, she might flip a table. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, I, I like, there's a lot that I like about that game. Um, I just need more plays, but I'm, but I'm genuinely, happy with what i've seen i might have some very minor nitpicks but but all in all i think it's pretty solid yeah it's a good two-player game that just has so much of that push and pull and i'm just surprised that it worked out that way but we'll we'll get more in i i want to play it more <laughs> and i know once you see like the full gameplay you're gonna be like all right because that that struggle for control over her those tiles is a big part of it, but it's just such a, it's not even the full game really. Like we just missed the full game. Yeah. So we'll have to try. Well, more. but I mean, I just saw what showed up and I was like, all right, oh, yeah. I can you, buy this. I can buy perfect. that. And then like, I was like, um, do I win? Like, I, I yeah. honestly didn't know. Like I was like, is that the yeah. game? You, and my hand was sucked. Like there's nothing I could do to stop you. So I was like, well, if I don't get some good th- and everything that flipped wasn't control cards, it was ability cards on the second day. I'm like, well, that'll do it. So, well, the yeah. first round was pretty tough too. You had to discard three cards, right? Cause I got it up to nine. Yeah. You right? had a good it, like, setup. It was almost done. Like I was close the first yep. day. Like, and then I was like, and then, you know, we read the rule about, you know, discarding cards. I was like, damn, that's, that's tough. Yeah, but I'm like, all right, well, you're getting it back to me, so we'll see. Maybe it balances out in the wash, but yeah, usually, like when I played Jim a couple times, and I played it after that a couple times, it it tends to get pretty close to balancing out as the turns go through. Um, but we did not have that at all when we played. It was just straight up you smashing me by Tuesday. So well played. It was good. Oh, um, thank you, friend. Yeah. So yeah, that was the mirroring of Mary King. I'm glad we finally got to try it. Any others you want to cover before we jump into our uh, our top five intro games? No, I think uh, oh, we're almost at the 45-minute mark. I think we've got to keep it moving. <laughs> All right. So we talked a little bit at the beginning of the show about top five intro games. I think we'll just go down the list uh, and take turns like we usually do. Just give a, a – I think we'll, we'll state the game well, and maybe just give a brief reason why we think it's such a good entry game. So I, I didn't rank them. Neither did sort I. Sort of <laughs> like minor, minor. Just um, how I did it was like a genre or a mechanic that you want to teach somebody, and then what is your go-to game for that thing? Does that make sense? Yep, I think that works. Um, so again, these will be in no particular order as far as like what's better or worse, but like. If I'm, <clears throat> if I want to teach this mechanic or, or this style of game, 
this would be the one I would be pulling out to teach new players. Um, and I do want to add actually a review today, which is Draftosaurus. I sort of put that as like a combo. Um, there's a lot of m- mechanisms that you learn to do in Draftosaurus that will be beneficial for other games of heavier weight than what Draftosaurus is. So I think yeah. Draftosaurus is a really good intro game. Um, the fact that we taught int- uh, Draftosaurus to what eight people that have never played it and they, they dig it. Right. And, and it, they grasped it really quickly. So Draftosaurus is a really good, um, teaching game. And we'll get into obviously the details of Draftosaurus, uh, later, but I just wanted to put that one out there. Cause that's a, you know, again, a combo of a few different mechanics. Yep. I think it's a solid entry. Didn't make the, our, my, our lists, but it's one of those types of games at least. Why don't you get us started? Well, do you want to pick a genre and see if you if I hit <laughs> or or a mechanic if I pick uh, the game? I bet you were so different that it probably doesn't matter. <laughs> All I right. honestly do. I think we're going to be pretty different. Okay, fair enough. All right, so we'll take um, we'll take deck building uh, as a, as a genre or or a mechanic, and I uh, went with the. <laughs> granddaddy of them all and that's dominion i think dominion is a uh not only was it one of the originals if not the original deck builder um but if you play deck builders after you learn the mechanics and and the methodologies around dominion you will be a better deck building player um and i think dominion we've proven is a simple game to teach easy to pick up um and again, just teaches all the core concepts around how to build a deck. And that's what to buy, when to buy it, how to maximize, how to thin your deck, uh, how to mitigate um, turns. So that was my, I guess we'll call it uh, my number five dominion. And that is specifically around uh, deck building. So I don't even have deck building in my list. So that's fun that we kind of are going. That's cool. We went around the horn with different genres. Yeah, that's cool. Yep. Yep. So my first one is push your luck. I think you already know what this is going to be because there's just so (laughs) many times I put this on the table and people love it due to the push your luck mechanic. And that's Quacks of Quedlinburg. Um, It's a little bit heavier in terms of like people's, you know, first game sitting down and kind of understanding what all the chips do. But once they get that, they see what the game is and kind of the combos. And that's really most of the game is kind of the combos, what you choose when you have the opportunity. And then everything else after that is just push your luck. So there's a little bit of like bag building slash deck building. I guess some comparisons there are apt, but uh, the push your luck is the main mechanic. And, and a lot of people really love that. Uh, there are some that don't, some that <laughs> just don't like the anxiety of it. Yeah, I mean, there's... There's quite a few players that, that at first no. are kind of like, eh, but then, you know, it's just a game no, and they kind of just get through it. So, um, but that's one of those games that I think is just a, a great intro game to some of the heavier stuff the hobby has to offer. And that's Quacks of Quedlinburg is a push your luck intro game. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely think this is a good one. Uh, I also didn't have a push your luck, uh, style because that's not my forte. 
Uh, yeah. So that's why I <laughs> so that's kind of interesting. I figured you wouldn't go that route, and I thought let's get some coverage. <laughs> so, um, so this one I mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, which uh, again I sort of put it in that set collection variable goal scoring uh, sort of genre or, or mechanic, and that's point salad. Um, we taught this to so many different people so many times uh, over the years and it, 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 you just grasp it. You pick it up quick. It's simple. It's fun. Um, and, and it teaches, uh, you know, set collection. It teaches you, you know, when to make a decision on scoring or that, that variable. Uh, almost how you can turn your garden into an eight, you know, almost a- asymmetric with the other team, uh, the other players. Um, and <laughs> at the end of the day, it's less than $20. So you can't really beat that, the amount of fun you get in that box and to be able to use it as a teaching moment, uh, so that you can grasp these concepts moving forward in heavier games. But as a, as a gamer, you don't mind playing this game because it's fun and it's, and it, it makes you think it's one of those. Yeah. That's a, a very good choice. Uh, I always have a lot of fun playing it too. I don't think there's ever a time where that's hit the table and I just don't have a blast. So I, I like that a lot. Uh, second one for me is code names. Um, this is more of like that, uh, sort of thinky word game. I guess this is the genre. I don't know how to describe it. Uh, a little bit of team. <laughs> this play is like too. I, I sort of put this in like gamers party, right? Because it's it's definitely yeah. a party style, but like it's a party game for gamers. I think, yep. um, which is rare that you find that balance. I I honestly will put Green Team wins in that category too, like of that gamer gamer party. But yeah, you're 100 percent right. Codenames is tops in that. Yeah, well, there's not much to say. We've talked about it before, and everybody kind of knows what it is at that point. But it's just got so many good things going for it, and you know, most people love some flavor of code names, and there's so many flavors to choose from now that you know you can usually find something that you like. It's almost Baskin Robbins at this point. Yeah, <laughs> it's close. But yeah, Code Names is a fantastic game in and of itself. And as a as an intro game, it's fairly affordable and one of those things that once people who aren't gamers play it, they're like, oh, man, this is cool. Like, what else do you have? Uh, and it tends to accomplish that more often than not. So Codenames is a choice. I guess the genre would be like word games, let's say. Yeah. Or party. Yeah. You know, more advanced party. Um, party with brains. <laughs> brain party. <laughs> Like we're zombies. <laughs> yes. Well, we're not eating them. We're just making them. Fair bel- enough. We're belittling Fair them with our superior intellects. <laughs> uh, I'm assuming this might. Well, we. I, I still feel like we might have crossover. I. I, I don't know. Um, this one might, might be one of them. Uh, this is sort of my social deduction game, um, and. Uh, we have mentioned it before. Um, I think it was on both of our top fifties. Uh, very small, uh, very light, but extremely fun. Uh, little card game called Love Letter. And much like Code Names, 
It has several flavors. You can get Batman. You can get Archer. You can get Jabba the Hutt. You can get the original version. You can get this sort of a Renaissance period version. I mean, there's just... I mean, there's what that Uber, Uber Deluxe Love Letter or something yeah. version too. It comes in a big box. and But <clears throat> Love Letter is um, easy to teach, simple to pick up. And then once you pick it up and understand it, you're like, oh, man. And, and when you see, uh, when you're teaching it, when you see it click with somebody like, oh, I see what you did there. Oh, okay. And then they get to go another round and then you're like, they just almost like masters of the game right away. And then you become scared of them, right? <laughs> Love letter becomes it's, it's a quick to master type game uh, and just trying to use what you got. Um, but that was, I sort of put that in my social deduction game um, category. Yeah. I didn't have that category. So again, we continued to, uh, no. to get some, unless good you coverage. put love letter in a different category and I'm, no, I'm I think, <laughs> I think you're right. I think okay. Social deduction. <laughs> It's it's, I mean, it's social deduction without like a lot of the social interactions. I think like, yeah, because you, you just kind of count cards in a way, yeah, and yeah, surmise no some of the or, yeah, yeah, surmise some of the people that are a little more uh, ballsy than the others with with some of their calls. Yeah. But yeah, it is it is loosely social deduction. Uh, I have a roll and write on my list, but it's not a roll and write; Ooh. it's a flip and write, and that's super mega lucky box. Yeah, um, it's such an awesome. Tight little game in such a small box. It's bingo with some additional comboing um, and just really fun to play. You give people a marker, you give them a scorecard, and you give them a few little boards that they can just check some boxes and get some combos going. And, ooh, I got this, and now I got – you know, it's just has that little bit of addictive nature to it like a bingo game does. You want to play again and again and again because it's just fun and it's fast. Um and you can't really beat it. And there's not a lot of flip and write slash roll and write games that kind of are super approachable like that. They usually are a bit heavier in some respects. Um, but this, you know, Phil Walker Harding makes fantastic games. And from a roll and write, flip and write perspective, this is about as simplistic yet fun as it gets. So an excellent way to get somebody into roll and write super mega lucky box. 100% agree. And I'll be honest with you, it was hard to not make every category number one be Phil Walker Harding games. Um, <laughs> just because yeah, he, I mean, he, he does he, dominate that that sort he, of entry level thing. This yeah, this niche of simple, fun, quick to play. Oh, let's play it again. Type of game is is unbelievable. I mean. I, I don't know if he's done a game that hasn't felt that way when I've played it. Um, and like, I'll Imhotep keep the... feels like the heaviest one to me. Sometimes. Yeah, but Imhotep is even pretty easy. Simple. It is. It's easy to play. Right? Yeah. Um, so let's keep the uh, Phil Walker train rolling. I'm going to take, <laughs> uh, I'm going to take drafting as the next, uh, genre. And that is going to be Sushi Go or Sushi Go Party. Um, this is a game that um, people will learn to play it just by watching some of the group of people playing it. And then they're, they want in on the next round. Those little, those little cute Maki rolls and uh, the little shrimps. Like this game is so adorable and so fun. And 
drafting is a unique mechanic with people. Um, and either, you know, if you, if you've never played Magic the Gathering or you, you know, never played other drafting games prior, I think Sushi Go is like really good to teach that, um, that aspect. And once you understand and you can sort of master Sushi Go from a draft standpoint, it equips you with, uh, sort of the mental, um, how do I call it? The mental strengths of the next type of game that uses drafting. Uh, because you can sort of understand, okay, I, that'll come back. That may not come back. This is powerful here. This is stronger than this. So I'll take this now. And it teaches you that max min from a set of cards in your hand. Um, but yeah, Sushi Go is just, I think, a, a perfect game to teach new people how to draft and, and, and get that under their belt. Yeah, the aesthetic is almost childish, but the game is not. There's enough yeah. strategy there that even seasoned gamers can still have fun playing it, especially with the Sushi Go Party where you have all the extra stuff. It's just yep. it's such a fantastic – and drafting is the first introduction most gamers have to choice. Like I have choices to make here and the agony that comes with those choices. I think that's an important part of gaming. Uh, yeah. as we talked about with war of the ring, it starts to get more and more heavy in that area. And so that's a really good intro to that. So good choice. Uh, you can tell me, I, I guess this is engine building probably <laughs> okay. over drafting, but it's got I was, a little of both. I was trying to find an engine, uh, like an intro engine builder, but I, I, I couldn't necessarily. I think but. splendor is that I think splendor is yeah. sort of your intro engine builder. It's it's got a little bit of drafting too, but like it, it's it's, it's like baby engine. It's baby engine yeah. because like they don't see. I was thinking Gizmos, but Gizmos is an intro, right? Yeah, it's a little Gizmos would step up. It's a little yeah, it's a little little heavy for for that. But yeah, but I'm with you. What and I couldn't find an intro engine builder in my head when I started. Uh, yeah, because I, I wanted splendors. to, you know, I mean, <laughs> engine building is one of our favorite genres again. Yeah, like, um, it's just one of those. Yeah. It's it's you combo some stuff together, and all of a sudden yeah, you're making, you know, yeah. things cost one less, or and it's just yep. a really easy way to get in. It also was one of the first kind of entry level games or beginner games that still keeps, um you interested well, component is, wise because it's got these cool poker chips. You don't see that in a lot of games. Is Unearth similar? If I remember Unearth correctly, or am I um, off base on that? No, Unearth. Unearth is more like I have dice that I need to allocate to purchase things, oh, and when I roll right, them, they're right, stuck right. until okay. yeah. It's it's that's very right. different. Okay, yeah, um, it is a little different. That's right. Sorry, I I always get those two <laughs> sort of thinking they're similar. But <laughs> I thought about getting that to the table again soon too because it's been Unearth so, long so good. Since I played it, yeah, but anyway, it's a good yeah, game. but Splendor, Splendor's Splendor's good time. Um, yeah, so I put that. I definitely under. think. Engine building. I, 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 I think it's as as close to intro engine building as I think we can come up with at this moment. I might think about this one more to correct you in episode thirty one, but I don't know. But I couldn't come up with one either, so I'm not. I'm not necessarily knocking. Yeah, you. it's hard to um, find like intro engine builders, but that that's one of them to me. Maybe my little but, scythe, but, or or like the, well, you know, I don't it's not know. Necessarily Baby engine Everdell. either. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe Baby Everdell or my first ever. What is it? Lil Lil Everdell, I think <laughs> is what it's called. Lil Everdell. <laughs> no, that's a rapper. 
<laughs> nice. Um, but no, Splendor, I think, is it's good that's for a all ages. Gateway game as well. And yeah. like it, it, it teaches a lot of base core stuff that you will take with you to heavier different other games. So yep. I think Splendor is a good choice, regardless if it doesn't necessarily fit a certain mold. Yep. <clears throat> All right. So my last one is an interesting genre for me because I'm not a huge fan of this, but uh, this game, I think I enjoy it a lot in. And the reason why I think I want to keep it in this intro or gateway category is because my son has been playing it since he was seven. Actually, he might have been even younger. He might have been six when we... When was the first PAX? 2019? Uh, or 2018? Oh, God. I don't even remember. <laughs> 2017? Right. Okay, we, so maybe this is there, like, 2019. Years before the pandemic yeah, one? I th- yeah, I think it was 2019. So he would have been six <clears throat> when I brought this home from PAX. And this taught him how to do worker placement and resource management all in one little package. And that is Little Town from Yellow. Uh, Little Town, I think, is crunchy enough for a gamer while basic enough to be teaching and showing how to manage your resources, manage your workers, and then strategically place workers out uh, in order to, to continue to advance your little, you know, your little town, <laughs> you know, not to be silly, but, um, cause you just, you, you keep, um, you, you know, you place workers out to build buildings, but you need enough food to keep them. So you're, it's a constant, it, it, it's like baby sort of Agricola. Cause I hated those games where you have to feed your people and then you can't care about them. And then if you don't care about them, you lose points. Like that's just, uh, that's whatever. So this one does it a little bit it's it's a little bit nicer, a little bit more forgiving, but it's definitely something where um if you if you get into this game and you get these concepts that are, that this game is teaching you, I think you can play some of those heavier games uh, and 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 potentially excel at them because you had the training wheel version with little town. Yeah, I think that's an excellent choice. Worker placement is a tough one too. There aren't a ton that I can think of off the top of my head that would fit that. Um, that's a really good one. It's not a genre I was even considering. What's that? Have you played Little Town? Uh, I have not played Little Town. Wait, little, yeah, it's Tiny Towns think, that I always think. Yeah, Little Town yeah. I have. Or I had. I think I purged it, but yes, I played it. Okay. Did we all, did you, me, and Brad all buy it? Yes. That year? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think, uh, I think we bought it and, you went back and grabbed a copy or vice versa, something like that. Somebody got it first and everybody else saw it. was like, ooh, and went back and bought it. <clears throat> but yeah, that was a, a good one. I, we just didn't – my son stopped playing it for a while and then we just never got it back and I got rid of it. But it was an excellent intro to that. So uh, that's a good choice too. Uh, right. My last one is Intro to Euros. So – uh, this is a tough one, right? There's so many Euro games and almost all of them are boring, complex. Uh, there aren't a lot of that are kind of like that intro level, but this one works cause it has colored trains in it and that's ticket to ride. Uh, yeah. ticket to ride is a very easy, simple game to play. You just draw some cards, you match some train colors up, you play a, a set of trains, 
You try to complete routes. There really isn't much more to it. Um, but there's no randomness to it other than the deck of cards. There's very little in the way of, you know, sort of other mechanics creeping in, I guess. There's a little bit of set collection, right, with the trains, not much else. Um, there's a little bit of take that with sort of blocking people on lanes, but it's pretty close to being sort of a pure Euro and a very easy one at that to, to kind of introduce somebody into that genre of game. So I think Ticket to Ride still, I haven't played it in quite some time, but it's still in my collection. It probably will never leave because it's just one of those super approachable games. And um, I don't know, it's it's one of those perfect intro Euro type games to me. So yeah, it'll stick around for a long time. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think Ticket, Ticket to Ride is one that most of us have probably played early on or have used early on to play um, and teach others. Um, they also do the – now, granted, I think any younger child could still pick up Ticket to Ride, but they do the young, uh, Ticket to Ride First Journey. Yeah, there's so many versions like, now. Like for like younger, younger kids, which I kind of thought was interesting. Yep. But no, Yeah, I choice. mean, plenty of options. The, the younger version, I think there's – Ticket to Ride Europe, all, all different locations. And this is also a nicer, fun Euro, not like a yeah. cutthroat, boring, right. beige cube pushing. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. So, yeah, that was the uh, the set. And, and I'm really happy that we kind of covered a whole bunch of different, you know, game mechanics in there. Yeah. I, I didn't well, want to coordinate. Ten, te- technically, I, it's 11, right? Because I threw in the Draftosaurus, yeah, draft which we're going to talk about here in a moment. but. <clears throat> yeah yeah good mix of stuff so if you're a, a new gamer if you're an old gamer and you know a lot of the veteran gamers kind of know this stuff already but if you're just kind of getting into the hobby and, and listening to us first of all thanks for listening and secondly these are some great games to just pick up on a whim most of them are very affordable give them a try and share them with family and friends because you're probably going to have a good time and hopefully introduce some more people into the hobby yeah i feel like dominion might have been the most expensive game and probably Everything one else. of the most complicated too, honestly. Out of all of, of all eleven, probably, but like still not hard. Yeah. No, right? not a hard but game. Like, but probably um, the heaviest of the eleven. But yeah, just because I mean, of the permutations of combos and the amount of cards true. that come in that box, it's it's a it's a lot. Could be a little but, overwhelming. But yeah, yeah. Still, I think from from a deck building standpoint, it's solid. It's a great way to intro. All right, let's uh, get to our review. So we are talking about Draftosaurus, we mentioned. So what we normally do is we review games with uh, five categories in mind, theme, balance, fun, component, quality, replayability. We total up them all, and we divide by five because math is good, <laughs> except for Ken. Sometimes it's very hard. And then we decide <laughs> if this game would make you lose friends or not. But math is hard. So why don't you uh, explain just the uh, two-minute pitch about what Draftosaurus actually is? So – Draftosaurus is <clears throat> basically you're building your own Jurassic Park. And the way you're doing it is you are, hence the name, drafting dinosaurs. And every player around the table is going to have a handful of dinosaurs. Whoever's turn it is is going to roll a dice. The dice is going to tell you where you can place a dinosaur, depending on what is rolled. You will either place it in a pen where there's no T-Rex or a pen that's on the restroom side or on the coffee side or 
one of the two terrains, forest or rocky. <clears throat> and then each pen, I think there's six pens, seven pens maybe, uh, scores differently. So you're going to pick a, dry, a dinosaur meeple, put it into its pen, and then pass your hand uh, of, of dinosaurs to the next player. They'll The next player will roll the placement dice and go round and round. So you do that 12 times total at the end of the last round, uh, when that last or the 12th dinosaur is played, you tally up your points and see who has the most points and they win. So that's very quick, very high level, but it's not that complicated of a game. No, uh, I thought that was pretty comprehensive, all things considered. <laughs> um, you know, there's a couple little unique things about scoring and whatnot, but, uh, you know, that's go play the game. Um, but <clears throat> yeah. So, so why don't you do the honors of kicking us off on theme <laughs> for a game that you own and have played a ton, but you know, aren't good at theme. <laughs> well, uh, I, yeah. Um, but I, I, I feel like I've gotten better, uh, at, at the theme and I hope tonight's no different. Um, again, it's not hugely thematic, but for what it's trying to do, um, building a little dinosaur park. You're drafting dinosaurs and you're putting them in your park. Uh, that gets a four because <laughs> that's really what you're doing. Um, you're trying to uniquely put dinosaurs in specific pens. Some pens you're trying to pair them up. So you want two of the same dinosaur. Uh, some you're trying to, um, you know, be the only one that, uh, that one gets placed in your pen or in one of your pens. <clears throat> so thematically, that way of strategically placing dinosaurs. Building a Jurassic Park. I love it. I thought it was cool. So I went with a four. I gave it a 3.5 because I feel like you can <laughs> swap other themes in and it would still yeah. work. But I do yeah, th- I do like the dinosaur portion because I think dinosaurs are fun. <laughs> like, I'm still a child at heart, right? I always wanted to be a paleontologist <laughs> when I was a kid. So let's just keep rolling with that. But the meeples are cool and, and everything kind of ties together. And the Jurassic Park thing is nice. But I feel like you could swap themes out. We've given low ratings to games where, like, Nidavellir, kind of the theme for that is, you know, we could rinse and repeat with something else. This probably, you know, goes down that same avenue for me. So not to be too harsh to it, still fun, but a a three and a half for theme. Uh, Balance, I gave us a four and a half. Every game we play is tight. Um, Really, it's designed to be that way, so it's not surprising. But every time you get a game that's designed that tight and, and is, you know, close every game, it's worth scoring pretty high on balance. I think one of the things that <clears throat> helps the balance of the game is as people get more uh, familiar with the game and play more games, they're able to start stealing dinosaurs away or holding off yes. dinosaurs <laughs> that their opponents need, looking ahead, looking behind. I know we played one time and someone mentioned, uh, you know, maybe ha- putting a screen up so people can't see what you were past, um, which I think is kind of an interesting thought to maybe vary that game up a little bit. Well, we're going to talk about this in a little bit. So. Yeah. <laughs> but balance, four and a half, pretty well-balanced game. So I, I'm i a little lower. I'm left four on balance. Um, but I agree. Games are tight. And it's one of those where I looked at other li- other games that have this draft mechanic and I felt like it felt right in that spot as well from a, a, a maybe like a luck standpoint or a, you know, this is what you're going to get, right? There's very little mitigation. Um, so you just have to 
think ahead, think strategically, but you really have no agency over anything. So true. Uh, that's where I went with the balance of a four. Um, and again, scores are really t- close at the end. Uh, and in the two rounds, you're like, well, technically it's 12, right? 12 dinosaurs you get to pick. You go around the table. It's like 27, 24, 25, 28. You win by one <laughs> point. Like it's like crazy. Um, yep. so, um, so again, it, it could be, a- it literally is anyone's game. It's that, uh, that's always that close. Yeah. So what'd you have for fun? So fun. I, um, I went with a four as well. Uh, so that's three fours in a row. Um, it doesn't get the five for me, uh, on big, um, I, I think it's a good game. I, I have a lot of fun playing. Other people really, really enjoy it. Um, but I think for me personally, I need a little, little more. So that's why it's only a four for me for fun. I am in the exact same boat. Uh, everything you just said applies a hundred percent to me. I need, it's fun to play, but I need a little bit more and variance to that might help. Um, but it's a four through and through for fun. Not a bad game, not the best game I ever played, but I'll sit down and play it and not complain. That sounds like a four. <laughs> uh, I agree. Component quality. So there isn't a lot to this game, but what there is is well done. Um, there are dragon or yeah, dragon. Uh, what we like to think of as dragons a long time ago, dinosaur meeples, two sided board, which is great. There's two ways to play the game, which is cool. There's, you know, I'm not, we're not reviewing expansions, but the expansions will add some more to that. Um, I think that just for what it is, it's really simple and, and works really well. And I, I gave it a, a four and a half. I don't think you can knock anything about it for what it is. Um, maybe a four just because there isn't much to it, but like, you know, I don't think that should knock it either. So four and a half for me. Well, this is where I'm going to be definitely a little lower and a little bit more harsher. I went with a 3.5 on components. I think again, what spice, I think, I think what you get, as you just described, everything is good. The quality is great and they work, but you missed a really big opportunity to have some mechanism of moving the drafted dinosaurs around the table without showing what's coming and what you're going to be getting. I, I, I think of that game, what was it, Dreadful Circus, where you had those little coffins. Yeah. And you passed the coffins. Now, granted, we wouldn't do coffins, but but there is a, a little box. Or or you could have done uh, six little bags and you're ha- passing a, a, the bag. Or um, or maybe it looked like it was um, – I don't know, but there was just something missing uh, from this where I just, I don't like the fact that I can see what's coming to me because it helps influence my decision. And I don't think that, I don't think it should. I think, uh, you know, and I, and I think, um, and I think that really makes this game swingy. Um, if you really pay attention to what you're, what you're going to be passing to the next player. And that, now again, that's going to be all open on the board. Right, that's fine. But what's coming to you, or what is coming around? Because you can also look a, cu- a few turns ahead. Like, okay, there's three triceratops coming. This person doesn't want triceratops, so that's at least going to guarantee one's coming. So I can triceratops now, right? Knowing that that's coming. Now, granted, it still has to come up on the placement track for it to be perfect. But yeah, 
there is that level of thinking and looking. Uh, but if you had some way of secret passing those dinosaurs around the table, I think would be better and make the game even stronger and potentially, in my opinion, could be that fun factor that, 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 that kicks it up a notch. Like not yeah, knowing what agree. you're getting is pretty, pr- pretty powerful. Um, so yeah, that's why I knocked it, uh, down to 3.5. No, I totally agree. I think there's an opportunity there for this to be slightly better. Just having that sort of, you know, hidden mechanic is, is really important. And you almost have to start taking a look at what's out as people pick. If, if it's even exposed and if it's not, then you just have no idea and it makes it that much harder. I think that would be good. Um, replayability. Is that me on this one? Sure is. All right. Um, I came in at a 3.5 for replayability. I I feel like I know we've only played the advanced side a few times, but I feel like I've got a few more advanced plays in me with that side of the board. And unless we're introducing it to new people or someone new, I could be okay not playing again. And I've <laughs> played, let's say, a dozen times, right? Something like that. So yeah. replayability is a little low. Uh, now, granted, expansions will change that potentially. That's probably why that this is a 2019 game and there's been two expansions since then. If I remember correctly, was it 2019 when we talked about earlier? So there's been two expansions in four years. My assumption is there's a third one on the way. I can't, I don't know that for a fact, but my assumption is the way that track record is probably unless those two expansions add that much replayability. Um, but yeah, that's why I went with a 3.5. Um, now that's from a gamer's perspective. I would think maybe a family or young children or people who don't game, they might have a higher replayability. But for me, it was a 3.5. Yep. I'm kind of in the same boat. I went with a four just because I think I'd be able to, to play this more frequently. I've played it probably less overall than you. Um, but it's definitely one of those games where it has a shelf life for those of us who play more advanced stuff. Um, but you know, with the crowd of people who aren't heavy gamers, I could still play and have a good time. And it's not, uh, it's not wearing out. It's welcome just yet for me, like it is for you. And I think just because the amount of times you've probably played it more than me. So it's fairly newer for me. Um, not playing it before. I do agree with the comment of if it's a younger group or a family that it's probably more likely they're going to dig into this more, uh, especially with younger kids. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a four as well. So I ended up with a 4.1 final. How about you? I was at a 3.8 is where I ended. That's one of the lower games. That might be your lowest game. Well, no, no, no. It's I looked. It's not my lowest, but it is towards the bottom. And yeah. that's not – not well. Anything above a three is still a fairly yeah. decent game in my opinion. So yeah. – Definitely now, not a knock on it. The important question, will you lose friends if we're playing Draftosaurus? I would say no, but there are some moments where you're like, <laughs> damn it, I wanted Damn it, that I wanted that T-Rex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. I also went with a no. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, it's not one of the ones that just makes me straight up angry. Sometimes I'll get like frustrated that I'm not getting what I need to compete if I see another player with their yeah. board set up, but... Otherwise, yeah, 
not a big deal. So not a game that you're going to get pissed off at, I would hope. If you do, you probably need help beyond what we can offer on this podcast. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's probably are, uh, a different podcast you should be listening to that yeah. might be able to help. <laughs> the Draftosaurus Therapy Podcast, where a giant dinosaur just talk. Maybe it's Barney. He talks you off cliffs. Oh, gross. Yeah. All right. Back to the bot, and let's fuel. wrap this baby up. I did not back or buy anything except for the Meadow expansion, which maybe we talked about last time. I don't. I think we hadn't. I feel like we we ordered it. Yeah, we talked about it being on order. And yes, I definitely want to talk about the Meadow expansion. I've got some things to discuss. Um, But in addition to the Meadow expansion, I have also not backed anything since the last episode. Um, I'm still at uh, holding strong at my. did I say four last time? Because I did, uh, I, I did so. unback. I did unback. Let's go to Japan. I think it's a more complicated Santa Maria, and you know where Santa Maria is on my list. And Santa Monica, you mean? Yeah, Santa Monica. <laughs> I was thinking Sublime <laughs> Santa Maria. <laughs> no, Santa talking, Monica. Like, getting ready for Columbus Day. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. And uh, Santa Maria is in Pennsylvania. Um, <laughs> Santa Monica, Pennsylvania. Um, no. So, yes, the designer of Santa Monica. It's an AEG title. Uh, I mean, I guess I could always get it at retail. But, you know, That's, you're missing there some you Kickstarter go. stuff. It'll but, go on sale, buddy. <laughs> but um, it um, it was one of those, like, I liked what I saw. I think it's going to be a fine game. But... I just don't know if it's going to see play. And I think it was $69 for 50, 59 or $69 for the deluxe Uber edition. And I was like, um, I don't think I need this right now. So I unbacked it. Look at you being a big boy, so, making I'm, big boy decisions I'm, in I'm, your big I'm boy growing. pants. I'm growing. I'm proud <laughs> of you. I also canceled. We talked about this in our side chat. Oh God. What happened? Did you fall? Sorry. Did you have a heart attack? No, I had a You cat. finally unbacked a game and your heart, your heart exploded. <laughs> uh, I unbacked two games, uh, both campaign games, because I just realized the more I look at this shelf, I'm not getting to them. I'm just not getting to I haven't even started Frosthaven yet. I still have Forgotten Waters. I've got um, – Vagrant Song we have to finish. Paleo I still haven't finished. Uh, I know there's others that I can't even uh, – like. I'm just looking around and not spotting them right now. But Mage Knight, right? There, there's just a ton. I'm not going to get to them all. So I just decided, look, stop being an idiot. Uh, put these away. Cancel them. You're not going to be able to get to them. So I did cancel my pledge for Dead Reckoning, um, which kind of pained me because I was really looking forward to playing that game. But at a 300 and price tag or something ridiculous for like everything in the campaign. I just decided to part ways with it. Uh, I'll pick it up someday. I know it's not going to be available through retail channels most likely, but that's okay. There's a pretty good aftermarket for used games. I'll dig it up there. Uh, And the other one was arcs, which to me was probably the bigger surprise. I love leader titles. We want to play more oath. Uh, I haven't gotten root yet. I really want to do that. I know there's like a root campaign, I, I believe, that comes with it too that you can play solo. So it's hard for me to give arcs the, the cancel button. But uh, the reality is that we want to play more Oath. 
I don't even want to start arcs until like we've had our fill of oath. And I feel like we have so much oath to go. It's just not going to happen anytime soon. So arcs will be available later. I know there's probably some Kickstarter exclusives I'm missing. I'm starting to not give a shit about any of that anymore. Um, especially like trying to budget better with games this year. There's some purchases I really want to make. I've talked about guards of Atlantis coming up here soon or guards of Atlantis two coming up here soon. So I made those decisions. That was almost $500 back in my pocket for games, which was great. Um, and I'll probably continue to have that mentality with campaign games. It's just, you know, we've got oath sworn to, like, we just have so much to play. It's going to be hard for us to, to actually get to all that. Yeah. The arcs one, <clears throat> that arcs one was tough for me. I'm with you though. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot. And again, who knows by the time we get around to arcs, Maybe Oath's done and we need that next level Oath, you know? Yep. And I think we'll probably end up getting to it at some point, but I, I don't think it's going to be for years because, like, yeah. I definitely want to play Oath Sworn. I, I honestly, I, I think Frosthaven with our group would be an absolute blast. Um, yeah, and I can't believe you even still want to get Root. And I'm not knocking Root. I just uh, don't yeah. know when we're going to play Root. There's I don't so know. That's why root. I haven't bought it yet. Oh, <laughs> I want to buy it, yeah. but I'm also like facing uh, reality. Like no. there's so much Here, stuff no. to play. <clears throat> yeah. I was <sighs> looking at the attic again today, um, you know, and I was just like, oh, can I go on through with a weed whacker again and purge some of this stuff? I mean, there's just so much stuff, but you just need um, to find a way to retire. That's that's the secret here. Yeah, if we can figure that out. We'll be uh, we'll be in good shape. We'll be able to play all the shit we want, and yeah. But that's not happening anytime soon. So, any other backed or bought stuff you picked up? Well, the only other thing I purchased, uh, along with the Meadow expansion, <clears throat> was the uh, Star Wars deck building game. Uh, I've <clears throat> I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I'm a huge deck building fan. I figured this thing was, you know, pretty cheap. Plus, it came with promo sleeves. So, I was like, you know what? What the heck? And then I actually got it to the table with my son. And boy, uh, was it a tense battle back and forth. And it came down to, you know, like a one or two turn swing. He won with the Empire. Rebels uh, were defeated. Um, he seemed to enjoy it. I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, it's thematically neat for a deck builder um it's ch and it's just chock full of star wars goodness uh all new artwork too it's not like they took screen caps from the movies or the shows wow nice um, so <clears throat> i've enjoyed it i've i, I want to play more um but my son's back into rocket league so until i ground him <laughs> from rocket league i won't be able to play <laughs> Star Wars deck builder. Well, I'm up for it. Uh, we have enough two player games to play. We got to get one of those yeah. two player days in sooner or later. Yeah, we do. There's just so many of them that are sitting on the shelf waiting to be waiting to be shuffled and or dealt and or rolled or whatever. So we can add so my, to the never ending list. Yeah, definitely. That that list of two player games keeps growing. It's just as bad as the other list of two yeah. <laughs> games or other games. Like it's crazy. Um, so Meadow, did you? crack it open yet i did uh i went through did the cards, you assemble the art the card beautiful. box i did not do the card box no <sighs> go ahead let, <clears throat> it, let it out no i'm grumpy i'm grumpy so <laughs> i'm grumpy for i'm grumpy for two reasons uh 
Well, maybe two. Let's just say three. <clears throat> One, uh, we don't have enough of those specific sleeves to sleeve meadow. Now, I'm like, do you remember we bought those, uh, those meadow specific sleeves that came with the promo box? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Yes, right? yes, we bought those. Yep. Okay. Wild so there's back. not a, yeah, there's not enough sleeves to finish the game. Um, so. I wonder why. Uh, either some cards don't get sleeved and you have to pick and choose, but then that means you also don't have all your envelopes done and it comes with a new envelope. And I looked, I can't find that specific brand of sleeves anywhere. So I'm assuming they're coming out with another sleeve expansion with another little envelope would be my only assumption. But that means now, again, you could probably find that that size is a common size. You can get that size, but will there, will they feel the same if you get different sleeves? You know what I mean? And does it matter? I don't know, but it bugs me. Just, it just, my anal yeah, I mean, if you're going to release, pulls. if you're going to release right. an expansion and you're going to sell sleeves for it ahead of time, keep selling the sleeves, especially if you know there's not enough coverage in the yeah. sleeves that you purchase for the whole, uh, that, that bothers me. I had that same problem with Deep Rock. There were four cards short of, of, uh, covering everything if you got the expansion. And it's like, really? Like all, you know, I get yeah. it sometimes, but like, at least offer a way for us to to get the rest yeah. of it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's kind so of the other one. <clears throat> so the other thing is the box, the meadow box, um, is not tall enough for the the new card container to stay built and have the lid close. So that's a bummer. You mean so the we lid have this, of the meadow expansion box or like, the main box? No, no. It, well, this gets into my number three. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was a long list. So, so, and I, you know, I love Meadow. You know, I love Meadow. Meadow's a beautiful game. Um, and I love playing it, but, but these are just where I'm at in my gaming maturity and, and love, but this is ridiculous. So once you build the little container for the river deck, it cannot fit back in the, box of just the expansion it's taller than the the lid like the the height of the box yeah it's like they intend you to chuck the expansion box okay yes that's fine however you cannot fit it in the base box (laughs) so either so either one or two things need and this is maybe i'm not knowing what to do this is why i wanted you to to go too and try it and tell me i have some homework for the next show but now, if you remove the insert from the base box that comes with it, you can make it work. However, that is going to be a double S, and you don't want a double S in a board game box. Or you could try to find a third-party insert that has enough for both. Yeah. But I haven't done that research yet. But I'm just so – like, literally, I'm storing – the little card box outside the calyx. It's behind the two boxes in the calyx. It's so stupid. I'm so mad. <laughs> like, <laughs> like first world gamer problems. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's nitpick. It's dumb, but it's just 
It's 2023. Seriously? Like, this shouldn't be on me to solve, you know? But, yeah, right, like, you tell me I'm logical year aside, it's just kind of poor planning. <laughs> uh, and maybe they're going to fix it some way, but I don't want to have to spend more money for that. You know, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, yeah, I wouldn't buy an insert. I would just, I'd set the box out. I really don't give a shit. Um, but it is disappointing to hear that it wasn't kind of planned for. And the sleeve thing's going to bother me. Yeah, you got to just double check. Make sure I'm not crazy. Um, I'll look. I will I will but, put it together and give it a shot and, and report back next episode. But I was so excited to like get the box back in the other box and be and have everything sleeved and ready to go <laughs> and then I'm disappointed on all fronts. To the oh. point where I don't even want to play the expansion right now. I'm excited <laughs> because you don't it. have enough sleeve. There's not enough sleeves. I'll figure it out. You'll have a Yeah. I mean I'll 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 just uh take out my least favorite cards <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I'll figure it out somehow. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure there's a way to do it, but to make it work with but not with all the How envelopes. many sleeves short were you? Um, like eight? No. Go over ten? Yeah. Okay. It was over yeah. Time. Well, then it's going to be a problem. I don't know. Yeah. I'll have to take a look at it. I'll put it together and I will report back next episode and we will. Yeah. Tell me. Um, and, and maybe they'll. And I hope I'm wrong. Them. I hope I'm wrong. I'm hoping I'm wrong. Please prove me wrong. You're smarter than me. So, <laughs> you know, maybe <laughs> I'm just having a, a, a dumb moment, but. I might title the episode that Ryan smarter than Ken. <laughs> might uh, take it while I get it, can get it. So. <laughs> All right. I think we, uh, we're hitting the we end here. So yeah, I want to, uh, thank everybody for tuning in again. I know we have some new listeners that have chimed in on Instagram and some other places. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, glad to have you aboard. I hope you continue to enjoy it and we'll, uh, we'll keep putting out stuff for you to listen to. By all means, continue to write in, ask questions, uh, give us some ideas for what you, you know, topics you'd like to hear us discuss. Maybe there's a particular game we should play that you really want to recommend. Write us at uh, playgamesloosefriends at gmail.com so we can read those on the show and also talk a little bit about some of the stuff that you guys want us to talk about as well. Check us out on the website at playgamesloosefriends.com, the Instagrams at playgamesloosefriends, on Twitter at PGLFshow, and you can always give us a good review if you like the show on wherever you get your podcasts. We really appreciate Great, it. If you it helps subscribe. Us get the show out to more people that's right any uh any last minute uh commentary you want to continue to bash meadow box or are you just gonna call no, it I, <laughs> I just hope i'm wrong i'm i'm hope you find the solution and i'm crazy so all right i will uh, look but that's you. all i got buddy please all right post post haste <laughs> stat i will look tomorrow <laughs> for you i'll do it uh over my lunch break maybe after i'm done rototilling a garden before it rains. <laughs> no. Ugh, God, adulthood sucks. Anyway, thanks everybody for tuning in. We will see you in a couple weeks. Until then, play games, don't lose your friends, and uh, you know, pick up some of those intro titles if you haven't already. In the meantime, we'll see you soon. See you everybody. Later. <laughs>